Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Hi, Blessing. I need a haircut. Dude, I'm with you. That's why I'm rocking this hat right now. Because I feel like with every passing day, I just get more and more self-conscious about my hair. Like, mm-hmm. it just keeps going and going. I have no way to go to. I don't let my hair grow this long, so it's growing in weird ways I don't recognize of like, oh, oh why is it only in that direction and not like the other direction? Wait, I want, I want to chime in for a second. Imran, mm-hmm. your hair looks great. Let me see. Can you take off your headphones? I think it looks fine. That's a, It's like, yeah, you look great. Off, like the growing on the side. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I feel yeah you okay. I see that. You got yeah, some, like yeah, a I Benjamin see. Franklin thing going on. Yeah, no, that's I, that's not a look I aspire to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to get the thing where now I can feel my hair, and this might sound like weird to most people, but for me, it's a weird thing where I'm feeling my hair be- behind my ears, and I'm like, that's not a usual feeling I feel mm-hmm. when I, especially when I wake up. Uh, and so it's like, know, it's, it's it's gotten to this weird place to where now I'm now I'm now I'm actually between a rock and a hard place where I'm like, I could use this as an opportunity to like when things open up, like get an actual like unique haircut that I've not gotten before. I could mm-hmm. get like not not a high top fade, but some sort of like fade to where I'm get I'm like high on the top and then short on the sides, which has become more in vogue now. Or I can just go back to my original self and just do a buzz cut. See, unfortunately you live in San Francisco. So getting a good haircut is expensive. Yeah, that's the thing also too. Yeah. But like my I I don't mind it since like I've not paid for a haircut in quite a in quite a while at this point. Yeah. And so like I feel like it kind of balances out at a certain point. <laughs> Yeah, get your get your quarterly haircut and be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust the bank on this one. Imran, how's your how's your quarantine been? Because I feel like we haven't actually like checked up on you in a while. I'm I am fine. I've been going through video games, and that's like basically been my quarantine is to go through my entire backlog. Uh, I'm not there's no chance I will ever go through the entire thing, but I'm discovering that like, oh, there's a pretty good reason some of this stuff was on my backlog and not yeah. like actively being played. Yeah, like you were playing Dishonored before, and I saw you were playing. What were you playing recently? That I, oh, Spider Man, the Spider Man DLC. Yeah, I love Spider Man. DLC is not great. DLC is yeah. kind of. You can tell why it wasn't in the main game. Did you? How do you feel about that first episode? Because for me, I jumped in the first episode and I enjoyed it. I jumped into episode two, and that's where I was like, I I'm liking this, but I think I'm gonna take a break, and I just never went back. The first episode was like, okay, I can kind of see what they're going for. This is not as good as the main game, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of there. The second episode, I'm like, no, this is... They took yeah. every aspect that was bad about the first episode and just made it worse. Yeah, and that that's sort of what I started to gauge. Like, sec, uh, episode two, I think, starts off with like a... Is that the museum mission? No, the first episode starts off with the museum. The second episode starts off the... Like, all the cops getting killed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now now it's starting to come back, and I remember, I remember like hitting that point, being like, "All right, cool, yeah, let's 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 see how this goes." I still want to go back and finish it at some point because I just want an excuse to go back to Spider Man because, like, overall, that's like an an amazing game. Yeah, but yeah, the second episode story is like it's a it's a goddamn like Arkham Asylum or Batman Arkham plot, and yeah, it's it's so weird. It gets really grim dark for like no reason, and at the end of it, like. Yuri fucking kills a guy, and I'm I'm so confused at this point. And I just I, at this point I need to start the next DLC episode to figure out how they're gonna walk that back because they can't really have her just kill a guy. That's weird. I want to I I want to see what your takeaway is. Like I want you to report back once you actually finish it because I'm curious to see like if, I, if that all comes together because I don't remember that part and I'm very curious to see like how that goes. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious because somebody told me that the end of the DLC is a big setup for Spider-Man Two. So I'm like, okay, I might as well see it. Interesting, point. interesting. Well, Ron, enough about Spider-Man. Let's talk about uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla getting, uh, or apparently being huge uh, instead of small like we thought before. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two, uh, the special edi- edition PS4, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed, Mohammed, Momo, uh, Blackjack, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by Brooklinen and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have more story today. A baker's dozen! <laughs> Starting with number one. <laughs> Yeah, that Twitter Creed account Val- perfectly cut off screams. That should be there. Kev- Kevin could make that Twitter account every single week <laughs> if, we just, <laughs> if we just submitted him. Uh, story number one: Assassin's Creed Valhalla will actually be bigger than Odyssey. This is, of course, this of course comes as as a surprise because we literally just reported last week that it'll be smaller. But uh, from this article that I'm pulling from Lauren Morton at Rock Rock Paper Shotgun, she writes. For a minute there, it sounded like Assassin's Creed Valhalla would actually be smaller than its enormous predecessor, Odyssey. Not so, says a Valhalla producer. Surprising no one, it will in fact be larger. Previously previously on how big is it actually, Ubisoft's head of communications of the Middle East tweeted, in a sense deleted, that Valhalla won't be the biggest or won't be the longest or biggest game in the series. In an interview with YouTuber Julian Chiez, uh, Ubisoft producer Julian Laferrer Laferriere, I'm going to go with Laferriere, uh, says the opposite. Quote, I would actually say in terms of range, it is probably a bit larger than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I do not have the exact figures at this stage, but we've not only created... Something just dropped and I have no idea what that was. Oh, my uh, <laughs> I do not have the exact figures at this stage, but but we have not only created the whole country, which in this case is England, but also a good part of Norway, Norway too. There are there are other secret worlds, which I cannot speak about today, which contributed to the size of the game. It's not a small game. It is a game which is cle- clearly ambitious, which will offer many, many hours of gameplay for, for players. Imran, I, were, you, were you on when we talked about this the last time? I wasn't on, but I saw the original story. How, do you, how does this distract you? Do, you? do you prefer a larger Assassin's Creed or a smaller Assassin's Creed? Honestly, at this point, I think I would go smaller. Like... I never actually, I played the first 10 hours of Odyssey at a preview event, and that was enough for me to go like, yeah, this game is really huge, and apparently even opens up bigger than that after that. his opinion sucks, boo, bigger (laughs) is better, I love Odyssey so much, Kevin was the one that, that, that chimed in last week and was saying that Kevin preferred a bigger Assassin's Creed. Right, and that's, I think, people like Kevin are why they went back and walked that, that line back of oh no 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 it's not actually that like small it's actually way bigger so the marketing line of it's smaller and that's more manageable probably doesn't sell as well as it's bigger than ever do you do you feel like that's still the case because that's been the that's been the thing that i've kind of 
been trying to to wrap my mind around is the fact that I feel like last week when we did get the report that oh Assassin's Creed Valhalla is smaller than Odyssey, like I feel like there was there was a number of people that were excited about that. Like even yeah. for me as somebody who like isn't like I'm not an Assassin's Creed person, that for me probably could have been a selling point. Like for me, I kind of prefer more contained games at this point. Um, knowing that like Odyssey. Like Greg's been playing Odyssey for what feels like forever, and he's talking about how like, oh yeah, he, he still has fifty to eighty hours left of content to consume just through the DLC. Like that's something that kind of makes me go, oh man, I don't know if I if I have it in me to play through a game that big. But if you came if you came to me and told me that the next Assassin's Creed is like forty hours long, uh, that's something that's gonna likely likely or get me into it. Didn't you just start playing Persona 5 Royale? Listen, Kevin. Listen, <laughs> right? Kevin. I, I'm just saying, one my, like... One of my biggest critiques with Persona 5 is that it's too long. That said, it's, it's just it's it's just so good the whole way through that, like, you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to make the sacrifice. I mean, you mentioned Greg has been playing Odyssey forever. When I first met Greg, we talked about Red, Red Dead Redemption versus Odyssey, and he, I don't think he's stopped playing it since then. Like, that game is mm-hmm. very large. I don't... I, so the, one of the things I think about open world games is a problem in general is that at some point the game design encourages you to constantly do other things and essentially burn yourself out on the open world before the main campaign is over. And that's one of the things I think Breath of the Wild does really well is that at any point you can decide, okay, I'm done with this game and just go to the final dungeon. I don't think that works necessarily for every video game. Like obviously mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a linear story. But people are going to burn themselves out before the end of the game and then just kind of have to like do main missions while they're not feeling it so much anymore. That's kind of a problem I've been feeling with the, the larger, more uh, RPG like Assassin's Creed games is, okay, I get it. I think I've had my fill. I'd like to finish. But like, no, there's still a bunch of story missions left to do. If I, I know this is a very hard thing to contextualize, but I would love for them to have like a bailout button of catch me up to the ending and i just want to get mm-hmm. there and be like finish the game on my own terms obviously they'll never do that but i don't i don't think ubisoft cares that people don't finish games i think they care yeah. that you buy the games and you buy the dlc which maybe they care that you finish the games but they'd rather you quit early and then buy the dlc than like burn yourself out by finishing the game so do you feel like it's a stronger marketing point to say that this game is bigger or that this game is, is smaller than the last game? Oh, it's definitely a stronger marketing point to say bigger. People who are who complain about it like being too big will probably still buy it. They'll just play yeah. like five or five to twenty-five hours of it and be like, all right, I'm done. Like there was yeah. a thing today that was a, uh, I think it was Ghost of Tsushima. They were it like, it, it'll be about 60 hours long. And I was like, I get it. I get why they're saying that, but hearing that just makes me tired. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll we'll talk about Ghost of Shima later on in the show. But yeah, there was I think in an IGN article uh, uh, where Jonathan Dornbush was was interviewing them. He was talking about how, uh, or they were talking about how this is the biggest thing that Sucker Punch has worked on in terms of the size and scope of the world. Yeah. Like the what we got from that state of play was actually just a chunk of what the open world is going to be. Like the open world is way bigger than that. And for me, like you know, I I read that and I'm like. All right, cool. Yeah, like I mean that if they pull it off, and if like if the way that the world unfolds is paced well, then you got me. Then I'm in. Mm-hmm. Then that sounds cool because I do I I do like the idea of oh man, this world feels endless. This world feels huge. I don't like it when it feels like 
like that it's a it's a requirement for me to spend a billion hours with this thing right like yeah. if 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 getting all the Korok seeds was like a requirement to beat Breath of the Wild, I would not enjoy that experience, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that like I can I can get in there, beat the game in however long, right? Like actually, I, I could even tell you how long the main campaign Breath of the Wild is because I just like spent all my time doing side stuff. Um, but say like the game's fifty hours, right? I can jump in, play the game for fifty hours, and be up, be done with it, and not ha- not be forced to to you know play hundreds of hours of a game uncover the whole open world like then i'm fine with it then i'm down with that i odyssey was like that though like you didn't have to do all mm-hmm. these side things it was just a lot of fun there was one point i think between level like 25 and 35 or something where you like people were complaining that they had to grind through that yeah they're but hits. but like i didn't feel that when i got to that point in the mission i was like a level 40 so like i i went right over that so i don't know it depends on it's how you a, want to play it. It's a larger problem with, I think, open world games and also like gaming culture a little bit because we all have some FOMO of like there's content yeah. that we're going to miss. Like I was talking to a friend the other day who was saying she was really afraid to start playing Persona because like our, she was going to have a guide with her. And I was like, you don't need the guide. It's going to be fine if you just if you miss some like, what do they call them? Uh, confidence. Like social links. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you miss some of those, it's okay. The second you change to a different game, you'll forget the fact that you like miss those. It's not a big deal. You'll watch them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But to her, it was like, no, I need to see everything in the game. And I think that's open world games kind of exasperated that problem. And yeah. when they say like, Valhalla will be better or bigger, I'm just going to like, I fear I'm going to look at the map and see like a billion icons and be like, well, I need to check this, 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 and this off. And hopefully like these are near each other. So I'll go do both of those at the same time. Like I've been doing that with Spider-Man. I've been, I'm not liking that DLC, but I'm 100%ing it, and I don't know why, because I, I think I just really enjoy Spider-Man as like a thing, or the fact that I platinum the original game, I have to keep that up. But we have to see all the content, and I think when there's a point where there's just straight up too much content, and I would, I would actually be fine if they just said, like, you know, none of it really matters. Like, if you yeah. want to do it, do it, but for the most part, it's you're fine just doing the main campaign. That's the story we want to tell. They'll never say that because that's like a that's a selling point against the game, but I would be fine if they said that. Kevin, for you as the Assassin's Creed fan in the room, is there a such thing as too big for Assassin's Creed? Um, not if they built it the way they built Odyssey. Uh, when they did Origins, it, it did feel too big. It felt empty, too. Like, that was a big problem I had with Origins. I still play it. I looked into it recently because I, I said 60 hours. That was wrong. I played something like 32 hours. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoyed Origin. It's just uh, the, the my problems with Origin is the story was convoluted. Um, and the world felt empty. And yeah, it's funny. It's like desert, right? Yeah. But it, more than that, because, like, uh, Odyssey is a lot of, like, seas, you know? Okay, yeah. That makes but sense. Uh, when you're... Like on your boat, the com- boat to boat combat is a lot of fun, and um, I think I, I think I've taken down like something like 180 boats on Odyssey just because I enjoy it and you get loot from it and stuff. But uh, when you're walking around in the city or like the on the actual islands, there's a lot going on, and like you'll just be walking, you'll see something, and if you interact with it, like later you might bump into people and talk to them. And found out that you already completed the mission. Like that that's what I was doing. Instead of huh. like just fast traveling, I really enjoyed taking my boat and riding my horse all the way. 
um i don't know i just thought the the gameplay mechanics was so much fun yeah i mean and honestly like the thing the thing that you're describing kevin is i think the thing that makes open world games great right like the idea that like you know you don't you don't feel this is the thing actually me and greg were talking about uh earlier is that like i've not necessarily been a fan of the open worlds that feel like checklists that feel like Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just opening the map looking at a bunch of different icons and just clearing out the icons yeah Yeah, like that's not necessarily been an enjoyable experience for me, but the open roles that I find the most enjoyable are the ones where I do feel like I'm engrossed and I'm immersed and I I, I don't feel compelled to play this game like like it's a checklist. I'm playing it more so like I'm the character in that world and I'm like, you know, I don't feel necessarily compelled to, to fast travel. I'm going through it and just clearing things clearing things as I go, exploring stories as I go. And yeah, like that feeling of talking to a character and you already had that side quest done because you're just having such a good time just hanging out in the world yeah it's like the best feeling to me in an open world game. I, it's it's funny because uh imran was talking about um red dead redemption 2 is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah right yeah yeah yep uh I'll, it, it, it's interesting because i remember playing those around the same time and red dead redemption 2 way too real like you had to be careful where you rode with your horse because if it went the wrong way it would fall and die and be dead and with yeah. Odyssey, like your horse, sure it can die, but it comes back, and that's just like a game. I've always thought like a game should be fun, and that that's one of the things that like uh, Assassin's Creed does, where it's like I think once you hit like level twenty five, fall damage doesn't affect you anymore, and it's like that's cool. Like yeah, yeah, cool. Make it unreal. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah, shout out. I mean, to like Greg that's Gap. one of the reasons I've been playing Spider Man still is that. Just traveling around that world is in its oh in itself fun, and if you can make that happen in an open world game, you could probably forgive a lot of sins. Of okay, yeah, this mission was repetitive, but getting there was cool, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, and that I think for me, it's hard to even speak on Assassin's Creed specifically because I've been out of the Assassin's Creed game for a while. Like I know that game's evolved into something that's that's way different from when assassin's creed 2 was out mm-hmm. um and so like it's hard for me to really judge it based on how big or contained or small its open world is because like to what we're saying here like each open world kind of stands as its own thing right like you kind of kind of you kind of have to treat them like their own because like the size of spider-man works because mechanically like that that's it that's a city that is built for you to navigate around and for you to swing around for you to like it's built more like a, a playground than it is like uh like a breath of the wild explorable kind of thing um and so to what kevin's kind of saying with red dead redemption 2 right like for that open world that for me was an open world that felt gigantic the the amount of of uh i guess slowness there was in terms of all every single action you do right like the amount of time it takes for you to get from point a to point b in that game the amount of time it takes for you to even like do the animation where you get on your horse or get off your horse or yeah your horse dies and you just don't have a horse anymore like mm-hmm. whatever things like that happen to kind of slow down the experience in this world that feels gigantic like i know for a lot of people that works because that is that is western and that is like you know it, you're in you're role playing in almost the truest sense of the word uh at that point you know for for me jumping into that game felt not as satisfying because of how slow it was and because like i didn't feel like i could experience i didn't i didn't feel compelled to experience the world because the world felt almost bigger than i i had the ability to to explore at the rate right. that i wanted to which is kind of like the ubisoft and honestly a, a sony mo as well of they they sand down the rough edges of a game mm-hmm. and then like use a fundamentally working template 
And those usually the, that makes a big success in their games, like Spider-Man, like Assassin's Creed. I some people really appreciate those rough edges, and that's why they like again. We go back to Ghost of Tsushima, where they said the thing of you don't have to pick up items; like they just yeah. kind of like come to you. Like you don't and, have to get off your horse to pick up pick something up. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's people who like that about Red Dead. Like that is their one of the things they enjoy about Red Dead is you get off their horse, you go up to the animal, and you skin it, and like the it provides you a benefit and it's a in a more immersive thing yeah well sony games and ubisoft games tend to round down those edges and that's that's totally and fine that's a val- that, very extremely valid design strategy. i i feel like that's such an interesting choice because at the end of the day you're going to be doing that hundreds of times right because you're going to need yeah. a lot of pelts and it's one of those things that like after the the hundredth time it's like I've seen this animation so many times. There's not enough variety to make it feel unique. So it, it it to me it does the same thing where it's like, oh, like here's the moment the game is broken. This is also a moment where I can go grab a drink or something because I know how long this animation is going to take. Yeah. And it's just one of those interesting things. If the whole idea is to make it feel more immersive, like I feel like you have to do a lot of different. Uh, animations to make it feel like it's it's a unique event not just a repetitive yeah. one you know i mean and uh, that's honestly like we were having a conversation uh, recently and i think it might have been a post show about like desert island games and i think i might have brought mm-hmm. up uh red dead redemption, redemption 2 and like you know i think red dead redemption 2 is a game that i would i would have enjoyed way more if that was the only game i needed to play like i could see myself falling in love with red dead redemption 2 if like I was stuck with that game and I could only play that game because yeah, to what Kevin's saying, right? Like, you know, you, you're in that game for, let's say like a hundred hours. And each time I do an action, each time, like, I don't know, man, like I pick something up off the ground, I pick up like, um, uh, food for resources or whatever. Right. Like that's a whole animation that I'm going through to do that. Each time I get on my horse, that's a whole, that like, that's a whole animation I'm going through to, through to do that. Right. And like, you know, there are certain animations that, like, yeah, getting on your horse, that's going to need to be a whole animation. But are picking up certain items or are, are doing certain things, are, is, does brushing your horse have to take 10 to 20 seconds, right? Or can that be, like, a three-second, like, we get the gist of it kind of thing? And it's an interesting thing to see because I understand why Rockstar does it. I, I understand why you, 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 uh, they, go, they go all the way into making those animations a thing because, like, it really does it really showcases the, te- the technology that they have, right? It showcases their engine. It showcases the power of like, yeah, th- like we were able to make this thing that feels fully realized, that feels real, that feels uh, like you, you can fully get engrossed in it in that way. But yeah, then you, you look at it from a gameplay sense and it's like, man, I'm really spending a lot of time <laughs> doing these things that I wish like Far Cry, for example, uh, you can uh, you can have the full animations when you're like skinning a thing or you can just turn those off and mm-hmm. you can just automatically like, get the the pelts or whatever you're picking up right like i i always automatically turn it so that i'm not doing the animations because i'm like dude time is of the essence i have 15 games to play this month alone like let me go i mean getting away from the specifics of animations for a second like that's part of the problem of very long games is that how do you keep it get from getting anything from getting repetitive over 100 hours and that's extremely difficult like even i put 95 hours in the final Fantasy VII remake i love that game even towards the end of it i'm like yeah, yeah, move it along. I, I just want to get to the part that I like. That's a lot harder mm-hmm. with an open world game because it's like, if it were like a linear timeline where I could drop, like, drag and drop my character to wherever I wanted them to be, that's fine. But there's always stuff involved in doing any specific thing. 
that lengthens that out. I'm I'm having an interesting time playing Persona Five from like Persona Five Royal from a similar sense where I mean Kevin Kev mentioned at the top of this right that like I'm playing what is like a hundred and twenty hour RPG right now uh, and uh, talking about how how much like <clears throat> how much like a, a bigger game doesn't necessarily appeal to me off the bat but even yeah while playing Persona Five Royal as I'm playing I do have moments where I'm like could they have sped some of the stuff up a bit like mm-hmm. is 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 legit everything here necessary like does this game have to be 130 hours long and now that i'm halfway through it i'm like okay yeah like i'm still enjoying this experience this is still gonna be by the time i finish this game likely one of my favorite games i've ever played but yeah like what at what point is that um that length necessary for a game to be or is that just like overall or overall just an egregious thing or is just does it just depend for depend on the player uh which is probably like that latter one right it probably just depends Mm -hmm. on on who's playing the game um But, for some people, 100 hours is like the minimum they expect from a $60 game. Yeah, for other exactly. people, it's like I would pay a $60. I would pay $60 for a game that's six hours, but it's a very good six hours. It all depends on the game, depends on the player, depends on the design. Yeah, exactly. Story number two: Last of Us Part Two Special Edition PS4 has been revealed. I'm pulling this from Joe Scrabble's uh, a made-up name at IGN. Uh, Kevin, in the doc, I have a link to the IGN article so you can pull up the images. Um, Joe Scrubbles, though, writes, Sony has revealed a special edition PS4 Pro based on The Last of Us Part 2, alongside other branded peripherals. There's also a Last of Us, Part- Last of Us 2 beer tie-in on the way. Uh, launching alongside the game on June 19th, the collection, themed after Ellie's, Ellie's new tattoo sleeve, will include a PS4 Pro with controller, a Seagate 2TB hard drive, and a wired- wireless headset. Um, let's see here. Kevin, are you... Uh, Kevin has it pulled up. Uh, honestly, this might be the best special edition ps4 i've seen like i feel like i always have to complain whenever they reveal a new one that like i i usually don't like the look for them like the death stranding ps4 i wasn't like big on uh mm-hmm. the spider-man ps4 was kind of dope but yeah like usually i feel like they're very hit or miss with their special editions and honestly like yeah all of what we're seeing here like all the peripherals and stuff for it looks sick i don't like the the title on the front of the ps4 yes that's my one critique also is that i don't like the last was part two uh being yeah on the front of the ps4 like that like i wish it was just like the top uh design there which is engraved which is really cool yeah i do find it fascinating that they're like it's literally just an external seagate drive hooked up to the like via usb to the ps4 like i when when they said because i hadn't seen this before you mentioned it i thought like i assumed it was going to be a internal hard drive but i guess it's just like all right we got these seagates let's put them with this yeah, no, that's also an interesting choice that I'm actually just like realizing as as you say it. At least his last was too branded though, which is pretty yeah. cool. They they clearly put some work into the case. It's just yeah. So Weird the uh John uh, or not Jonathan uh Joe Scrubbles in his article he continues because he has some quotes from Naughty Dog here, which I think are interesting. Uh, he writes Naughty Dog art director John Sweeney explained that the choice the choice to theme the console after Ellie's tattoo was based on fan reaction to the design. Quote. When we first revealed The Last of Us Part 2, we had no idea how quickly fans would embrace Ellie's tattoo. Within a day, we started seeing real-life versions showing up on social media and fans having been sharing their photos, other new tattoos with us week after week ever since. Uh, When when the opportunity arose to create a custom PS4 Pro for The Last of Us Part 2, I worked with our graphic designer at the time, Angel Garcia, and we considered a few different ideas. But we we kept coming back to Ellie's tattoo. 
By that point, it had become a symbol of the game and for the community, much like the Firefly, Firefly logo in the first game. It was the clear choice, but we wondered, what if it could be engraved? It hadn't been done before, so we weren't sure it was, it was even possible. But thanks to the incredible efforts of the teams at PlayStation, we found a way. Which I think is a really cool thing. Like the engraving really makes this uh, makes the console. Here. I'm gonna be honest. I did not realize Ellie had a tattoo until this story. Honestly, I'm with you. <laughs> like I think I knew she had a tattoo. I didn't realize like the tattoo was a thing. Like I didn't realize the tattoo was a thing that people had latched onto and been like, oh yeah, like Ellie's tattoo. Yeah. I didn't realize people were were hyped for it. But did you ever watch Lost? It's really cool. No, I didn't. So by the t- the third season, they're kind of meandering in that thing, and they made an episode about the main character's tattoo and how he got it. And like that's the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm checking out on this show because this is just they don't know what they're doing anymore. But that's kind of how I feel about this in a way. Not that they don't know what they're doing, but like I don't really care about her tattoo that much. It's a cool design, nice, but I I can't. I personally am not at the point where I would latch on. Yeah, I mean, I figure like. The fact that they're they're putting it on the PS4 makes me think that it's going to be a thing in the game. Like, they're going to reference it, and it's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. Like, this tattoo represents my mother or something like that. Like, I figure that's that's going to be the connection that makes you go, like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But I got yeah. this when Joel died, blah, blah. Exactly. I, don't, that's not, I have no idea about less of a spoilers. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, that was a joke. Ricky McFly writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Sony is releasing a, a Last of Us Part 2 themed PS4 Pro next month, despite issues plaguing the global supply chain during this pandemic and in the face of the incoming PS5 launch. Are collectors enough to carry sales? Is Sony banking on the interest of people who still don't own a PS4? Hardware was down. No, hardware wasn't down this year. It was, I don't remember, because they said they had the best quarter ever, but I believe it was in terms of software. So I guess this is like the last ditch thing of like, they know a lot uh, people are not going to, or there will not be enough PS5s for people to buy this year. So I think this is them going, we have a cheaper option. We have a limited edition option. Big Last of Us. If you're a huge Last of Us 2 fan and you just want another PS4, here you go. Or you never upgraded to the Pro. Here you go. I don't think it's a, they're not going to not sell out of these, but I don't think there's going to be a huge number of them. Yeah, I kind of get the same vibe too. I feel like at this point, uh, PlayStation they they have a gauge for how many how many people one have bought a PS4, but then like what the demand for a PS4 would be. Um, and so I figure like you you look at those numbers, you then look at the Last of Us Part Two, and you look at like all right, what would the demand for this for a special edition be? And you produce them based off of that. Yeah. And so like you know, I don't I can't really speak to like whether or not a special edition PS4 would have caused them to delay uh, the original game like. Because, like, yeah, to the to the point of the question, right? Like, supply supply chain was like a big reference in terms of why the Last of Us Part Two was delayed indefinitely. Um, and yeah, you would you would figure a special edition PS4 would be like a, a like that would weigh heavy on supply chain and manufacturing and stuff. Um, I'd imagine but, it's probably a bunch of pre-built PS4s that they just changed the top case on and like uh, like yeah, change the case in general on it. Yeah, exactly. And so like. You figure when it comes down to it, like, like with with the shifts that they've already made with the Last of Us Part Two, uh, you figure that this factors into it. Not necessarily like this is right why they delayed, but they they see this as a factor, and they're manufacturing based on what's going on right now. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like, if you own the if you if you're a big fan of the Last of Us, and you are someone who cares enough to buy a PS4 based on it, 
then you probably own a PS4. You might not own a PS4 Pro, but they're probably factoring that in in terms of the numbers of how they're, I mean, they're going to create. Yeah. Story number three. We now know even more about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, this is thanks to a YouTuber, uh, Julian Shiez, who I think I actually referenced, referenced earlier in this episode because of the Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, Julian here was able to speak to Jason Connell, the creative director on Ghost of Tsushima. Um, a user on Reddit, the DK Mario link, was able to break down the, break down the uh, the interview because the interview was in a different language, then got translated. Uh, the DK Mario link on Reddit took that translation, bullet pointed it, uh, and this is what I have for you here. So this is the new info we have on Ghost of Tsushima. Zelda and Shadow of the Colossus was a big inspiration for the game, especially for the artistic direction. This is all coming from Jason Connell, the creative director. Um, Sucker Punch wanted the colors to be as vibrant as possible based on that, the, those inspirations. That's a weird... Shadow of the Colossus is not a bright, colorful game. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like the colors is more like, like, or the the vibe the vibrancy of the colors is more reference to Zelda, and then like the the look of the world in terms of like how kind of kind of I, I want to call it empty, but like how kind of vast yeah. it appears. But yeah, dissolute. Actually, that's the perfect word, right? Like, I feel like that's more of a reference to Shadow of the Colossus. Okay, that that was a weird sense construction, but that's fine. I don't... Yeah. Uh, the wind is the main way to navigate the, the game world, uh, which you saw in the demo. Uh, there are no markers. The instrument that we see Jin pl- playing in the video will be the only one present in the game. And Jason, did, and uh, Jason again, the creative director, did not did not want to say what it would be used for, which also sounds like a Zelda Ocarina of Time thing. Like, is this like an Ocarina kind of situation? I mean, there was like um, a brief scene in the state of play where he was like, Jin was on top of a mountain playing a flute. So I imagine yeah. there's maybe it's like a marker of some sort, like our, our fast travel. That'd be really cool, yeah, to be used that to use that as fast travel, and that wouldn't be like with with that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Like if you look at kind of what they've done already, right? With like the the way that an, the way animals will lead you to to side quests, the way that like smoke smokestacks will like lead to to side activities. Like yeah, to for them to like integrate, let's say fast travel or mechanics like that mm-hmm. into like you playing a fl- flute totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we can hunt animals in the game, but there's nothing to be gained by doing it. Uh, animals are mainly there to be more immersed in the universe and guiding you. The standoff mode can be activated anytime, even in infiltration. Uh, there will be there will be much more stances than the two we saw in that video. Uh, they'll be used to apprehend the different types of enemies. The main weapon in the game, the, we- the main weapon of the game, will be and will remain the, the katana uh, throughout the game. But there will be many other weapons and gadgets. Uh, if you wear heavy armor, you'll be less agile, so it'll make uh, infiltration harder. There are a lot less side stories in the game, uh, or there are a lot of side stories in the game uh, where you can build more or less strong relationships with different characters to learn more about their stories. But it's up to the player's freedom, and you can and you can miss them. Uh, and then lastly, the music is primarily composed by uh, Shigeru Umebayashi, who is most famous for his work on In the Mood of Love, um, but has a har- has a large breadth of work in the film industry. All that sounds pretty cool. Are, are you planning to be like the ninja, the dishonorable ninja? Or are you planning to just like... Because I think I'm just going to be the big tanky samurai that just walks into the front gate and perish everything. So the more... So there have been quite a few articles coming out today because I imagine like an embargo lifted for for the interview uh, the interview with the with uh with the creative director. Mm-hmm. I, the more I've read, uh, especially this morning, it seems like it's going to be less like 
choose one or the other and more so like you start off as samurai and as you play you become ghost but you can still go back to samurai if you want to which is like an interesting an interesting thing because I, the way they've talked about it so far before today i've always seen it as like a almost similar to infamous of like choose like infamous is choose bad or choose good this would have been like choose ghost or choose samurai and you might get you might still get flavors of that in the game but from what i understand like yeah as you play you're going to become more and more ninja uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a cool idea, especially if like they they integrate what we kind of just talked about, right? If they if if they have that growth, but at the same time make it so that like you you as a player can be the one to decide like okay yeah like ghost seems cool in these elements, but I want to continue continue in the way of the samurai because I like that playstyle. Then I think that'd be cool. That said, like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go ghost. I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, go ninja just because like I like I like the idea of approaching situations and like and approaching situations in ways that i have to be more creative than skillful uh, in terms of combat like i just enjoy like problem solving in that way more so i kind of wonder if there's an option for like not an option necessarily but a a viable play style of being ghost like being a ninja but still just like going head first into everything like running right. up to the front gates being super fast and like confounding enemies around them like i wonder if that's or he'll just die immediately like Oh no, Ninja is not well suited to direct combat. I I read and I want to say it was in the IGN article written by Jonathan Dornbush where they were talking about how in that state of play when you're when they were showing off the ghost infiltration like you could at any point just jump down and I think I think the way they I think the way they they explained it was that you'll basically like switch to samurai if you want to like jump, like you know stop doing stealth and then face enemies head on but I think that's something that we'll 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 see and understand more as we actually play the game because mm. I think I think that would be cool to have like a head-on ninja type style. Yeah, like I'm with you. That'd be cool. Like more Naruto ninja than like traditional ninja, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then our last story, story number four: uh, PlayStation Now reaches 2.2 million subscribers. I'm pulling this from Matthew Handrahan at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes. PlayStation Now has more has more than 2.2 million subscribers around six years after it's launched in North America. Sony confirmed the latest figures for its subscription service in an investor presentation, which showed its audience doubling in the space of a year. PlayStation Now had more than 1 million subscribers at the end of March 2019, and that rose to more than 2.2 million by the end of April 2020. While the service has been available in North America since 2014 and rolled out globally the following year, it only offered the option to stream its catalog of, of games at first. The option to download games to play offline was added in September 2018, at which, at which, at which point it had fewer than 1 million subscribers. Sony noted an immediate improvement in gameplay time as a result, and the service has reached 2.2 million subscribers in the, in the 18 months since. However, while PS Now has doubled it doubled its reach in the space of a year, uh, it still lags behind Xbox Game Pass. Microsoft's service adds <clears throat> adds first party Xbox games on the day of their release, and it now has more than ten million subscribers. Imran, does that does that surprise you whatsoever? It doesn't surprise me because I've heard like, even though I personally don't use PlayStation Now, I've heard it's very quietly gaining a following of like people who are into the idea just wanted to expand a bit. And Mm -hmm. I think Sony's ready to do that. Like they're hesitant about certain things. Like they'll never go as far as Microsoft is going with the game. Not to say never. They're currently not planning to go as far as Microsoft will go as game pass with like their, all their first party titles there day one, like big, big things there 
immediately. But it does seem like if you're coming into the generation kind of late, then PlayStation Now is a fantastic, not even for coming into late. If you don't play that off many games, it seems like a great service to avail yourself of, especially with the fact that you can download games now. Yeah. This story is interesting to me because I also like, I could have sworn I've read elsewhere that PS Now had higher numbers than Xbox Game Pass, but I don't know if that's just been like over the last year, Xbox Game Pass is quietly just like fucking like zoomed up in numbers, which could be the case because at a certain point, like especially like within the last year, Microsoft was making it rain. <laughs> Xbox yeah. Game Pass, like you could get Xbox Game Pass for a dollar and combine essentially, essentially like your um your Games of Gold service, or not Games of Gold, your Xbox Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, you could combine that with Game Pass and then like spread that out because I that's what I did. Uh, like yeah. I paid one dollar and all of a sudden I like extended my services to like uh like last month. Um, and that was like last year that I did that. Yeah, I spent um, maybe fifty bucks and I have like Game Pass Ultimate for two years or something. Yeah, like. They're like Xbox has been really hustling to get Game Pass in the hands of everybody. Which, oh, to your yeah. point, like I, I, I don't see Sony necessarily having the drive to, at least right now, to to do that. Right? Like, there's, there's, there's value in their first parties in terms of how well they sell. Right? Like, Last of Us Part Two in terms of sales numbers is going to do amazing, regardless of being on PS Now or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I feel like there's still, like. Still selling the first parties, I feel. I feel like it's like that's still a powerful place for Sony to be in. Like I feel like if, if Sony then bundled their, all their first party games with PS Now, the ecosystem looks way different in terms yeah. of kind of, in terms of how we like, I don't know, just look at PlayStation how and how we approach playing their games. But, I mean, it's yeah, like, it's like with Days Gone. I mentioned this a couple. Of, like I think last week's Gamecast, but like, would that game sell as well if there were a free option to play it? And the answer is. Almost certainly not, but just how much yeah. is the question? And I don't think Sony's willing to take that risk and see how that works out. But I think this PS Now makes a lot of sense for them right now, especially as they move up to the PS5. Like, for better or worse, there probably won't be a lot of PS5s early on. There probably won't be a lot of software for that, like, that's exclusive to the PS5. Mm-hmm. There will be a, some, but not exclusively. Like, the entire industry is not going to shift immediately to the next generation for at least a year or two. But having PlayStation Now helps cover some of those gaps. So it being successful and it being a working thing is smart for them. They need to tone down a little bit on the price. I think it needs to be a little bit cheaper and it needs to be much better advertised. I think I think it needs to be better advertised. Like I think for sure it needs to like or not that it needs to, because I feel like Sony just doesn't put it at the forefront. Like like they I don't think they have the care for it especially compared to xbox game pass like sony obviously wants ps now to do well they obviously want people they obviously want the 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 numbers to grow right which is the reason why they're reporting on like them doubling numbers over over the last year Mm -hmm. but like i feel like ps now for what it's doing right now is doing exactly as well as sony wants it to do uh xbox game pass on the other hand for xbox from on the microsoft side of things like they would like everybody who has an xbox to have game pass like i feel like if you ask them like that would be the case yeah um whereas like playstation just doesn't have that same goal in mind then it does raise the question of what the sir what's the is it just a value add is it like one of their main prongs of their like it's a confusing I, thing because i, I, I see it know. as a value add for sure like yeah. i don't know if it start. i don't know if it started off as a value add but I think it. I I think if it didn't if it 
didn't start off as a value add, it definitely is now. Like it definitely is like, all right, like this service, like PS Now at this point doesn't suck by any means. Like PS Now is very serviceable as like, you know, especially now that you can download games, right? Like it's a pretty good service, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not necessarily the thing that we're going to put at the, at the forefront of, of, of PlayStation because we have like we want to push our games when we want to push, I guess, VR also like there's so many other, there are so many other prongs that we have that we want to push that like PS now doesn't necessarily need to be the, the main thing that's on every, every, everybody's tongue, especially when every time it comes up, it is in comparison to Game Pass or to like other streaming services, which in that case isn't it isn't like delivering as much like I feel like I I, I feel like as like a talking point like ps now has never been a thing where it's where you know it's 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 never been beloved by people the way that like game pass for example is beloved i feel like they could make it though it's just the lack of drive for sure so. definitely imran i'm excited to see the future and to see if playstation decides to to go after it and make <laughs> it make it a thing that ps now is beloved but that future is probably so far away if i want to know what's coming out today on mama grop shops where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> Out today, we got Golf with Your Friends for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. The Wonderful 101 Remastered for PS4, Switch, and PC. This is really exciting. Gorn for PSVR. A Fold Apart for PS4 and Xbox One. Selection 6 for PC. Air for PC, Dark Knights with Poe and Monroe, or uh, Poe and Monroe, I guess, for a PC and Mac, uh, Nine Till Void for PC, If Found for PC and Mac, uh, Cranked Up for PC, Super Circuit Breakers for PC, Boreal Tales for PC, and then Mafia Trilogy has been announced and is, and is being released today, although, although currently it only, it only includes Mafia 2 Remastered and Mafia 3 Definitive Edition, which includes all the DLC. Mafia 1 Definitive Edition will be coming August 28th. Uh, and if, and when I was reading all this, it was a little bit confusing, but Mafia 1 it will be included with the trilogy when it comes out. Uh, and so if you buy Mafia Trilogy, you will get that later on. Uh, and that's August 28th. Uh, and Mafia 1 is being rebuilt from the ground up uh, in the Mafia 3 engine uh, with new content. Uh, and this is all on PS4, Xbox, Xbox One, and PC. Emmett Watkins Jr. writes in to patreon.com slash games, just like you came and says, Howdy, Blessing Imran. Just a quick deal of the day for you. You, got, you guys surely have heard all the Mafia news, which includes the fact that all of, Mafia's three, all of Mafia 3's DLC content is now free on Xbox One and PS4, with Steam getting the DLC through a free paid update or a free update soon. I wanted to highlight this as many people might have claimed Mafia 3 for free on PS Plus a while back and might already own it unknowingly. And on a side note, the DLC is worth installing. The new, st- the new stories added bring out aspects of Lincoln's character you don't see in the base game. Plus, mechanics like slow-mo gunplay and driving are implemented and they make the base gameplay a lot more engaging. So there you go. All, your mafia th- all, your, all, all of your Mafia news, all your Mafia updates... Uh, your mafia deals of the day, all, all, all of it bundled right there for you. I really wonder if I did, like, I have no recollection of ever claiming that game on PS Plus, but that doesn't necessarily mean I didn't. <laughs> I feel the same way. And I, actually, on that note, kind of funny.com says you're wrong. Did Mafia 3 release on PS Plus? Because I don't remember that. I yeah. want to take Emmett at his word because Emmett likes Mafia and, and Emmett, is all, Emmett is the homie and Emmett wouldn't steer me wrong. But I don't remember that game coming out on PS Plus. I feel like I would have been excited for that. But maybe yeah. it's just something that completely wiped from my memory. 
I mean, granted, like there's a there's a like a year and a half, two years where I just completely checked out of PS Plus. I still redeemed the games when they were interesting, but I never really paid much attention to it. So all right, uh, I looked into it. August 2018, Mafia Three and Dead by Deadlight Daylight. Huh. Boom. So Emmett Watkins Jr., the homie. Oh, never steering us wrong. So Mafia Three did come out on PS Plus, indeed. So yeah, if you have it. There you go. I need to check if I have it because I had no idea that I owned. Like I might, I might have fucked up and not claimed it, but that doesn't sound like me in 2018. And so I probably have Mafia Three and all that the game DLC. Has a, it has a hell of a story. That's what I keep hearing, and so I, yeah. I, I, I want to try it out. Uh, it's definitely like firm in the backlog. Uh, and then lastly, on out today, uh, a free American Wildflower map awaits Red Dead Online players this week, while Camp Dogs can be purchased for 40 percent off the regular price. I love I love when I read an update and I have no idea what any of it means. Camp dogs. That's one of the worst. I'm like, oh, you can have camp dogs. Sweet. New dates for you. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is launching on PC May 27th. Hell yeah. Uh, now it's time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooke Lennon. Bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care. And now more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and each other. You spend one third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? So put comfort first, like with the, with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Kind of funny, loves Brooklinen. Uh, Tim says it keeps him comfortable and he's able to get the right colors that match with his bedroom. Brooklinen products help you find comfort in the little things, morning routines, extra soft sheets, plush towels, comfortable loungewear, etc. It's hard to imagine a summer stuck inside your house, but if you have to do it to keep everyone safe, I want it to be as comfortable as possible. That's where Brooklinen comes in. Brooklinen's Memorial Day event is going on now, and you don't want to miss out on all the big savings, including their newest Hammam and Linen collections. But if you can't wait, get 10% off your first order and free shipping with the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. We're also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your home on your own home network. Fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced, even if you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when you're at home, you should never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your internet service provider can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So protect your online activity today with the VPN that you should trust to, to secure your privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com games, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com games, expressvpn.com games to learn more. Imran. Mm-hmm. 
Weissmark writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Sony says that the PS5 lineup will be revealed soon. Did you see this, by the way? Yeah, it was like the the big financial report people stayed up to like see what they say about the PS5. It's like, yeah, we'll reveal games soon. Yeah. That was the only thing they said. Yeah. So they said the PS5 lineup will be revealed soon. What do you what do you guys think they'll announce first? Something we can assume is coming like Spider-Man 2 or Horizon, or something we don't really expect, like an infamous or something totally new. I think it'll be a combination of all of those things. I not necessarily both Spider-Man and Horizon. I would be shocked if they showed both those games at once. But I would bet they're both ready to show. I bet they're both ready to say, like, yeah, these games are in development. Here's what it will look like. Here's the differences between the last one. Like, not minute differences, but, like, a big overarching thing. But, yeah, I would assume some of those questions will get filled in by gaps by third parties. Like, I would be shocked, or would not be shocked to see, like, a, a major third party have a game that's, like, and this is exclusive to PS4 and PC, or PS5 and PC, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what would be unexpected now, because everyone is speculated about everything. Like, what... Aside yeah. from like a new IP, everyone like we're at the point where people are claiming Castlevania has been bought by Sony, which I don't believe. I think Silent Hill is true. I don't think Castlevania is true. Hmm. Yeah, and like I, I think that I mean I think whatever Blue Point is working on will probably be a surprise and could involve you know those rumors, I, but who knows? I think people have already guessed that quite a bit. <laughs> so yep. whatever it could possibly be, I'm sure it has been guessed a lot. Hmm. Yeah. So like. I, I think you'll get. I mean, I think you will one hundred percent get Blue Points game, which will yeah. come as something. That, I think that'll count as like not necessarily a new IP because like we know Blue Point is a studio that that, that remakes games. Um, but I think that'll count as like something fresh, I guess, or like not unexpected. But it, it's not like the Horizon or Spider Man. Like these Horizon, Spider Man, God of War. You know, these are games that we expect, and these are these are games that like you know if they announce those at the PS Five, you know, lineup reveal. That's not mm. those aren't going to be things where it's like. Oh snap! Like my 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 like I'm my mind's blown. I didn't see that coming. Like we all see those games coming. Um, yeah. Exciting, but yeah, like I like I expect to see Horizon for sure. Um, Spider Man Two or God of War. I expect those to be logos possibly, but like I'm not even like holding my breath that that those will will be there. I think like I think at most we'll get like a logo tease for possibly Spider Man or God of War or both. But then yeah, I think you'll see I think there'll be at least like one or two new IPs in terms of first party. I, mean, I don't know what balance, those could be though. It's a balancing act, right? Because like it is. You 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 wanna show people enough things to get them excited about the PS5 and like go like, oh yeah, I'm they showed a God of War and I love God of War, so I'm gonna buy this next one. Or they showed the logo so I know one's coming. At the same time, like you don't want to throw all your heavy hitters out in the first couple of years. Cause yeah. then in years four through seven, what do you put out? So, the, or God forbid, things get delayed, and you have like, oh well, they showed the. How long did it take Dreams to came out? Dream came out about five years into the PS4 lifecycle, despite being at the reveal. And granted, yeah. Dream is not like a, not necessarily a mass media ex- exciting thing or mass audience exciting thing, but it, it did take quite a while. Final Fantasy VII remake took five years. Kingdom Hearts took. It would be in 2013, so six years. Like this, this sort of stuff, you need to plot it out a little bit. It's not just about what are we ready to show, but what do we think is smart to show right now? And I don't think certain. I feel like if they go too heavy on it, it's going to backlash in a hard way. Yeah, and I, I, I think the difficult thing with the balancing act is that, like, there are games that we know for sure that they're working on that they haven't like 
announced or talked about necessarily, but mm-hmm. like every like I I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but like we all know that God of War two is exists. We all yes. know that Spider Man two exists. We all know that Horizon Zero Dawn two exists. Is it worth it to just like not show those off because you want to be able to announce those later on, or do you just go like? fuck it like we all know you know like th- these aren't really secrets like you can very much assume that these games are real so like let's just tell you that these th- these games are real um i think i mean i think the more interesting interesting thing is like what are the new things that th- that that they reveal right like weissmark references infamous which i don't i don't expect to see infamous um but like you know do we see sony like go back go into their back catalog and bring back games we don't expect do we see like some sort of like twisted metal revival like that doesn't sound like modern sony but who knows that, that those mm-hmm. are those are the things that kind of keep me interested like what is like do we see and this won't happen do we see deep down get re-revealed absolutely not because that backfired <laughs> but like you know what are those moments what are those games that like we don't know about that like are going to come left field from the the lineup reveal they're in a weird spot right now, right? Because like, two of their major studios are finishing up big projects right now, so we're not going to see a new thing from Naughty Dog or uh, Sucker Punch. But and like, I I'm I'm sure that uh, who was I? Sony Bend is probably working on a new Days Gone or something. Yeah, but they're probably not ready to show it right now. Yeah, I feel like you're not you're not, you're not ready to show that. You have like. I'm trying to think of other Sony studios. Japan Studio is probably working on a a thing or two, right, right. for PS5 that may be ready to show or not. Who knows? Um, so, like, let's say they do announce say, a new Uncharted or a new whatever. The immediate response of people's heads are going to be like, "That's not prob. That's probably not Naughty Dog. That's probably not Sucker Punch. Like, yeah, this isn't the studio that I know makes the good game, good version of this game. So that." in itself is going to be a dangerous proposition if they decide to do that at a reveal event. I think they will probably have very interesting software to show. I don't think it's necessarily going to be all the big hitters we expect. That Uncharted announcement would be interesting because I think think if you do that, you would then have to say that like, like say you're having like, I don't know, in uh, Sony Bend, for example. Say Sony Bend, they're not working on Days Gone 2, they're working on a new Uncharted game. Um, if you did that, you would have to then say like, oh, also these people from these people who worked on Uncharted 4 or Uncharted Lost Legacy are also working on this game with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you're able to kind of smooth that over th- that way. But yeah, like I'm I'm super curious to see like what they come out and do, because I feel like they have to throw throw things that we're just like not expecting. Yeah, I, but, I, I feel like we'll probably find out within the next month. My dog Nick96 from Massachusetts writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says, Hey KFGD, I finally got my hands on a copy of the script script book for Marvel Spider-Man. I think it's awesome a game script is getting released. I wish more games would do this. Personally, I'd love for games like Metal Gear Solid, The Last of Us, or God of War 2018 to get script books. Are there any games you'd like to see a script for? Have a great day, my dog Nick96. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a. It's, it's pretty cool. I think it comes with like. I don't want to assume things. I think it. I, I feel like I heard it came with like a, a an art book situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's an all in one thing. Uh, kind of funny. slash you're wrong if I'm wrong on that. Um, but it's a really cool idea, right? Like that's like a really cool thing. I can't think of like games that I would want a script for though. Like that, yeah. I want to read the script. Like if anything, like maybe like a big RPG. Like I want to see the Bible that is like a Fallout game or like a, like a, a Witcher uh type deal just to see like how that stuff looks to be written out in script form but 
like yeah that's like literally I, the only thing just to see what that would look like yeah i'm not a big script reader like i know some people who like they collect scripts they really enjoy having scripts from movies they really like it's never been my thing but i think i would probably enjoy final fantasy 7 like the original or ocarina oh, of time yeah. like have those in like just be able to open it up as like here's the part where milan says you can't get through or milo says you can't get through the uh the thing to the deco tree like that's funny that would be neat i don't think i would ever sit there and read it but it would be a cool thing to own honestly like if there if they did do script books for like like uh retro or i guess just older games i think i could be super into that especially if they're like n64 era or like super nintendo era like like when when the when dialogue wasn't necessarily like a like didn't necessarily get the the um uh, the uh, love and attention that dialogue gets nowadays in in terms of writing right like you know final fantasy 7 the original as a script book i would absolutely love to read that because like playing it right now like so much of that dialogue kind of comes off as a, a little bit janky because like it's ps1 era right like it's like it's an older rpg like you know ga- games weren't <laughs> what they are nowadays and so like you know it'd be it'd be fun to just sit there and just like to 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 read it on paper uh just to have fun with it you know what or I would like want? DK64. Like, I'd want older, ga- older games this way. You might be a little young to remember this, but back in the day, Nintendo Power used to have like these full spreads of like the entire level of a game. And so here's like like screens of each single part. And I would love an art book for, or, I don't know what you call it, like a level design Bible for a game, for an older game. That'd be cool. Just those things in there. Like all that, the screens? Yeah, for, let's say, Ghosts and Goblins or something. Yeah, I'd love that for like something like Pokemon, like just a book that is like here's each screen from Pokemon as you remember it, and just yeah. for you to look through and have fun with. Yeah, that would be great. Now it's time to squad up. Uh, Jack Barton writes in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games with, with a squad up on PS4. Uh, Jack writes, "Hey guys, I'm looking to get the double trophy in Saints Row: Get Out of Hell." The trophy requires you to play play with someone on co-op for three hours. The game was released on PS Plus a while ago, so if anyone wants to download it and just leave the game idle for a few hours, add me on PSN. My username is Fascinated Jack. Thanks, guys. So there you go. If you wanna if you wanna download Saints Row: God Out of Hell and just leave your game idle for a few hours, or just play with Jack. I feel like that'd be a fun thing to do. Also, just play play with Jack. Uh, Fascinated Jack on PSN. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Nanobiologist writes in and says, reminder, Ubisoft confirmed that for Valhalla, you will not need to grind or do side quests to progress the main story, which is what Kevin was mentioning earlier, that like you don't necessarily need to do everything. Yeah, so that's not for was like level gated. So it's good they took the criticism to heart there. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. People, people were writing in telling us that Mafia 3 was indeed on PS Plus, which we figured out. Thank you so much. Uh, missed out today from Nanobiologist. Uh, Overwatch's anniversary event begins today, which is really exciting because I might just do that right after this. Matt Dallas is... Uh, I said five years to Fantasy 7 remake. Dreams was six and a half, seven years. So, oh, yeah, because yeah. Dreams, was, Dreams was at the PS4 the reveal, reveal event. So that's 2013, then came out in 2020. So that's honestly yeah. like seven years. Which is crazy, crazy <laughs> to think about. Uh, looks like that's it for you're wrong. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are Greg and Gary Witta. So stay tuned for for Witta Wednesday. Remember, Gamescast is recording tomorrow afternoon. The topic: 
the best year in gaming history. I saw uh, Barrett put up a, t- a tweet on uh, at Kind of Funny Vids on Twitter. You can respond, uh, letting us know what you think is the best year in gaming and why. Of course, uh, that's also on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, if you want to write in there, and this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.